love versus fear. Uh, it's interesting. Have you, ever, um, have you ever had a thought that was fearful? You know, every one of us have had a thought that was fearful. And uh, have you ever had a thought that was full of hope? So you like my little illustrations here. I've spent a lot of time on this here. <laughs> so your first fill-in is, is that very thought, is that every thought or action is based on either love or fear. And I wish I could say that we, we had just neutral thoughts, but we really don't. And I had this, uh, this thought, and as I was going over my notes today, um, I, like the the last time I went over, I'm like, oh, I don't want to tell that story. But the other day we were at Chick, not Chick-fil-A, I do like Chick-fil-A, but we were at Rosa's and we were sitting kind of in the back part and you could see out the windows and so forth. And these two, uh, these, the, these, it was a family that went by the window that had uh, about a year ago left the church and they never even told us anything. I wanted to get up from my tacos and go out there and where the heck have you guys been? <laughs> no, here was the deal on that, is that in my point of view, if somebody leaves the church that you don't have a relationship with, I don't guess it's any big deal. I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't But like, we had invested in them. We, we gave them opportunities for ministry. We gave them opportunities to be a part of what we were doing. And um, even... I don't have any big ministry, but I always like to think that anything that I have is open to people that, you know, want to be a part of ministry. And I've done that for years. This platform and every platform that we've had um, has been where, you know, I want to give people opportunities to, to use their gifting, their callings. And we had done that with them and just up and gone. Not a, not a goodbye, not a, not a go to heck, not a nothing. <laughs> But then I realized, and the Lord, uh, you know, prompted me in thinking about this, is, Jonathan, your reaction to that is based off of fear. It's not, it's, that's not a thought that's based off of, of love. And here's, here's the reason, your next feeling is this, that love is rooted in the love that God has for us. And, and I'll get to some place in a second, that every... Every thought of love in my life comes from that I'm his son, that you're his son, that you're his daughter. That every thought of, of, of uh, peace, of hope, comes from a root of fear. And, and love is rooted in my faith and my trust. Here's what happens. Have you ever had this where Somebody's let you down, a relationship's let you down, an unexpected end to a friendship, an unexpected end to a romantic relationship, and God forbid, you know, like something along the lines of, a, of divorce or something along those lines, is that you really feel the pain and the sting of those kind of things, as I did in this, but that's not from a root of love. And I'm not saying that you just are dumb and let people walk all over you, but I'm saying that that feeling of 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 of, of loss, that feeling that I've been done wrong, that feeling of, of uh, somebody's let me down is not, is not rooted in love, it's rooted in, in fear. And think about your reactions. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever had a friend that walked out on you and then you ran into them later on? Do you just want to go up and hug them real tight? Say, oh, I love you. I love you with all my heart. No, I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> if we're real, right? 
Well, here's what happens is that fear is based on lack. Because we think that there won't ever be another relationship that comes that way that'll be like that for us. We think that lack is, is tied to supply. It's a scarcity. It's a mentality of fear. Let me get my fancy little somebody and get full use of these. Fear is always tied to there's not enough. That if a friendship, listen closely, and, th and maybe this will help somebody, a friendship that ends and then the loneliness that comes after that from, you know, I thought we were close. I thought, I thought we had uh, stuff in common. I thought we were there for each other. Uh, and those are natural feelings, but they are, can be rooted in, they can be based in that I'll never have another one like that. That I'll, they're, they're ne that I'll be lonelier. I thought it was interesting. I bought this book um, the, and this lady says that, I, I'm misquoting it, I want to do a series on it, but I'm, maybe it's 25%, that 25% of Americans right now feel lonely or abandoned. I may be making that, but it's a percentage along those lines. And that's a horrible thing to think about, but it's, what's it, it's rooted in fear, it's rooted in lack, and this isn't a, is a condemnation on them, it's on, on that thought, it's an explanation that when our thoughts are rooted in love, we don't look at that lack. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. So fear is always based on, listen to this closely, God isn't doing what I thought he would do. Have you ever had that feeling? God, I thought something else would happen. God, I thought I'd be at a different place. God, I thought I'd be treated differently. God, I thought that certain people would have been committed to, to being in my life, and they, and they weren't. And, and here's the tough part. People that you thought were committed to you and then just were done. We're done, we're done with you. We're done with the relationship. And even worse sometimes is that they go off they find the deep end of the swimming pool and they just jump straight in. So they not only left you, but they went crazy on top of that. So let's go somewhere. So Jeremiah, we're going somewhere with this. Jeremiah, familiar scripture. It says, for I know this is God speaking, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. And listen, listen closely. We're gonna take this apart. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope, which is your next feeling. Even God has a process of thinking and being. That in the mind and in the heart of God, there are thoughts. According to Jeremiah, when God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. That means God has a thought process, even though he is omniscient, even though he knows it all. But specifically that he has a thought process when it comes to you that his process is always based in love and in faith. This is a good thought, a good, just a good revelation, is that when God thinks, he thinks in terms of love. When God thinks, his thoughts are always rooted in love. They're never rooted in fear. Never are they rooted in fear. I'm going somewhere with this. Can I just put the foundation together for a little bit, for a minute here? So every thought and action God has ever had 
has been based in love. So let me, let me say it this way without being, um, without being insin- insincere. That we a lot of times attribute things to God's not doing what we thought he was doing in our life because he somehow, he's inattentive. He's not, uh, he's not aware of our needs. He's not, he's not looking out for our good. And that usually comes from disappointment, comes from an expectation that has been, that has been uh, let down. But understand that everything God has ever done has always been rooted in love. Case in point, have you ever had a friend in your life that you knew was not good for you or relationship that you knew was not good for you and everybody told you that that is not a good relationship and all of a sudden that relationship ends and you feel the, you know, the pain that happens with that, but then down the road you realized everybody was right. And down the road, you understand that had I remained in that, let me take it a step further, they were wearing you out (laughs) and you didn't know it. But down the road, you realize a couple of things. Mama was right. (laughs) Mama's always right. And God saved me from that relationship continuing that was dysfunctional. So what's that out of the understanding? The understanding is that God's, God removing people from our lives sometimes is rooted in love for us. That doesn't mean it's fun. And it can pertain to other things. God taking things out of our lives. God putting things into our lives. Circumstances that don't seem to be what we thought they would be. That we think, God, do you really know what you're doing? And God, all the time, if we look in retrospect, if we look back with hindsight 2020, that usually we can say, God, you are always dealing with me in love. It's the only way he can. That how do, here's a question, how does God think? Well, it's easy to, easy to understand that he always thinks in terms of love. Here's a, here's a good thing, and I'm jumping ahead, but he'll always put inside of you Thoughts rooted in love. Here's a safe understanding. If something in your life produces fear, it's not from God. If it produces lack, it's not from him. If it makes you, if it makes you hurt on the inside, it's not him. Everything that he produces in our life is always rooted in, in love. So let's go somewhere with this. Another familiar scripture in Romans And let me show you what the Lord showed me on this. It says, as it is written, I've made you the father of the many nations in the presence of him who believe God. And listen to this description of how God thinks. God who gives life to the dead and calls things that would not exist as though they did. Don't raise your hand. But have you ever had a hope die? Have you ever had a dream die? Have you ever had an anticipation or or have you ever had it die? And who is God? How does he think? He thinks he gives life to dead things. That doesn't mean it always turns out exactly how we thought it would be or the expectation we would have, but it always means that anything that we think is dead in our life, he's always speaking life over it. That he speaks uh, to the dead things and calls things which do not exist as though they do. When God speak, what, speaks, what he says always happens. 
and the, the, the other is true as well. If he doesn't say it, it won't come to pass. But when he speaks, listen closely, whatever his plan is for your life, once he's spoken that into existence, nothing can stop it. Whatever God's destiny is for your life, whatever God's future is for your life, whatever his purpose is for your life, that once God has spoken that into existence, nothing will stop it. When his, when his thoughts form into words, creation happens. Now let's take a dive way, way back to creation. Let's take a dive back to the start of, of humanity. That God, if you give me a, a 20 seconds to give you a history lesson, when he spoke light, light was, it was the expansion of light. It was the expansion of the universe. And how many of you know that the universe has not ever ceased expanding from the time God spoke light? So when he said it, now, of course, people will tell you, well, then it was a big bang. Yeah, it was a big bang of his voice. <laughs> what, when he spoke the worlds, according to our faith, when he spoke the worlds into existence, when he spoke light be, light began and it did not stop. Here's the next part. He spoke you in the same manner he spoke the worlds. When he spoke you into existence, that when he spoke your life, your, your existence, your, your very being on this planet, you're ultimately living with him forever. When he spoke it, it was infused with creation because that's the way he is. His words of love always, always produce life. They always produce life. That doesn't mean that I have to have to feel how you know the gushiness of of, the, of everything. Well, just here's the plain, simple fact: the older you get, the less you have to feel everything to go forward. Because there's many times you just go forward with life because it's the right thing to do. Because you have to know trust in God. So the the most powerful force in all of existence is the words that God speaks. It's interesting right now with this conflict that's going on with Russia and Ukraine, and then we throw in the mix uh, think, uh, countries like uh, China and Iran and all these people that have nuclear capabilities, and rightfully so, the fear is that what would happen if these powerful weapons were used? And I... I uh, propose to you that when all this planet is said and done, we're going to find out that the most powerful thing that ever existed and pales in comparison is the word that God speaks. Now take it a step further, the word that he speaks over you. I'm going somewhere with this. It won't take me long to get there either. Look in Philippians. Listen to this revelation God gave me. A familiar scripture, let me read it first. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable, admirable. Listen to this word, I like where it starts right here. Beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Now, let me give you a couple of baselines right here, and then let me show you what God showed me. This is the pattern of how God thinks. 
It's safe to say that if, if it was written in Philippians, can I just go back to it? That the way God thinks, I'm gonna start in the middle, that we think on things that are beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, kind, that this is clearly, this is clearly the pattern by which God thinks. Watch this. this. These are God's instructions on how we should think. It wasn't just a good idea that God had. No, it was birthed out of that this is how I think. God says, this is how I think. I think on beautiful things. I think on noble things, just things, kind things. Watch this. This is what the Lord gave me. Clear out of the blue. I don't remember where I was this last week. And thinking about this scripture and going over this scripture, and look, look what the Lord gave me. He said, this is the description. John, he said, Jonathan, this is how I think about you. Now, wait a minute, full stop. Watch this. Because this is, this is an instruction. We've taken it. This is an instruction on how we think. Look at this. God thinks about you, that you're beautiful, you're respectful, you're pure, you're holy, merciful, kind. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. That changes the calculus altogether. And he just dropped it inside of my heart. Jonathan, if this is how I think, then this is how I think about you. It's easy to see it as instruction. Philippians, yes, I set my mind on things that are pure, but it's a whole nother thing for me to say, that's what you think about me. Because <laughs> I don't see myself as beautiful, not very, respectful, pure. Whole. I don't see myself as that. You probably don't either. I don't see myself in those, in the, in the, but God says I do. He said this wasn't just some fancy uh, uh, positive thinking therapy. <laughs> he said, these are the thoughts. I Remember we started with Jeremiah? These are the thoughts that I think towards you. And if God thinks, and this is the pattern of how he thinks, then this is how the pattern of how he thinks towards us. Everybody else that just like, that's some good stuff. This is the pattern. I already said this. This is the pattern of how God thinks. These are God's instructions. I skipped over that. Did we have a... Yeah. I think these got duplicated. Though I, may, though I may not feel like any of these things, God thinks towards me. I think we duplicated it for a second here. What he is doing right now is declaring, is, am I in line still? Am I in line? What he's doing right now is declaring these things over me, over you. Now, wait a second. When we're going through the thick of it, when we're going through the muck and the mire, when we're going through the hard times, when we're going through the difficulty, Sunday morning, right on this platform, the, we uh, ended with the song Healer. I tell you what, that, I've, I've sang that song probably, I don't know, 20 plus times. It messed me up Sunday. Because I saw in my knower, in the spirit, I saw that God is working things out. And then when we get to that place where we know that he's working things out, that he is declaring good things over our lives. Do you ever feel like I feel so responsible for my life? 
I feel so responsible for trying to do the right thing. I feel so responsible trying to get myself to a place where I feel like I'm pleasing to God. I feel so responsible to get my place where my thoughts are lining up with God. And God's like, I didn't create you to do that. I created you to get your thoughts in line with me. Proverbs. Let me show you how it's done. A man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequences of his word, he shall be satisfied whether good or evil. Watch this. Death and life, a familiar scripture, are in the power of the tongue and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit thereof, death or life. And we talk about that all the time when it comes to the death part, but we never address the life part. Because you'll say, you know, somebody say something that, oh, that just tickled me to death. And you're like, no, don't say that. You know, something that they're driving me crazy. No, don't say that. Because and that's good. You don't need to be saying I'm driving me crazy. Even those people might be trying to do that to you. <laughs> but what about the life part? This, this says in Proverbs that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And you'll eat of the, you'll eat of the fruit of it. And so I, we can clearly have a revelation that when we speak bad things over life, that doesn't line up with God's, God's word. But what happens when we start speaking like he speaks over our life? This will freak you out. What if you start speaking that I'm beautiful, I'm holy, I'm pure, he loves me. Do you see how that doesn't, that doesn't even like, Jonathan, I don't think I can do that. Why? Because our thinking is so in connected to fear instead of being connected to love. This is why worship is a revelation of God's, God's worth. Now listen to this. And the Lord spoke this to me. He said, Jonathan, you know why on Healer Sunday morning, you had such a revelation of my goodness is because you were giving me worth. And what happens when we declare God's worth, he reveals his worth to us. During worship, and, and you know, many times we think, well, that might just be the preliminary part of the service, or that may just be something people do in their car, or that may be something people do in their quiet time. And it is, it's all of that. But worship is something that happens with us individually when we connect to God and we declare out of our mouth. Remember, it said that a man will be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth. How will he be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth? That when he worship, worships and he declares God, God's worth, then God reveals his worth to us. That worship reveals to our heart of faith all that he is. When I have that understanding that, that in Philippians where it says, think on things that are noble, that are just, that are kind, that are beautiful, that are holy, that are merciful, that are pure. That's not, the, that's not the cognition of Jonathan. That's the, that's the revelation. That's the experience that happens when I find myself in tune with him in worship. He reveals his goodness and my thoughts line up with the way that he is thinking. I hope that makes sense. And it has little to do with me with you, with our, with our abilities. It has everything to do with us recognizing him. Worship is the manifestation of his thoughts and his words in my life. 
Have you ever had that where you, I mean, you could have been in a service, you could have been mowing the lawn, you could have been in your car, you could have been in your house or whatever it was, but all of a sudden, the, the, the presence of God, you were so aware of it in the midst of worship, and you're like, what, what's going on here? And what is that? That is God manifesting his thoughts, his heart, his ways in our life, because we found our hearts and our spirits in tune to where he is. Allie, if you'll come on down. I guess it's up. Because <laughs> you're going from the, come on up. <laughs> Watch this in Psalms. Listen to this. This is, this is amazing. But you, speaking to God, you are holy. And listen to this. You are enthroned on the praises of Israel. Now, let me say this real quick before I close this out. That God somehow, let me, let me make this, and I kind of skipped this in my notes. He doesn't need my worship at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> he is self-sufficient all by himself. He's going to be just fine whether, <laughs> whether this, this bald-headed boy lifts up his name or not. He doesn't need me. Then the other way around is completely different. I completely need him. But, but listen to this. But somehow he has made a principle of his kingdom that he is placed in a place of authority and power by praise, by worship. Now watch this. Uh, watch this in, uh, in Philippians. So keep, this is, a, that's a, something got duplicated here. Is this right? I think we got some duplicated. That worst words set up the atmosphere. I'm going to tie this up as quick as I can. Words set up the atmosphere of my life. Here's a, here's a thought. Listen, listen. Here's the thought. What happens when God partners with the words of my mouth? Hey, Kaylee, will you come here real quick? If I can find what I'm looking for. It's buried underneath here. Uh, this is for you. You can take it back to your seat. Thank you. Go on, take it back to your seat. Worship, listen to this. Worship causes him to occupy my faith. Now remember what we, what, how we started. We started with that our thoughts are either based in love or they're based in fear. There's no in between. And everybody in this room, starting with me, says, well, I want to know how to get my thoughts based in love. Worship. Kayla, you can open up that envelope if you want. Because my words, my song, my, uh, my declaration of his value causes him to occupy the words that I put. Now listen, listen. Did God wiggle his nose and create eternity? No. Did he, did he wiggle his earlobe and, the, and, the, and the, uh, the planets came into being? No, he did it all with his words. And you, your existence is by, you, we, he, he upholds everything. The word of God says he holds everything by the word of of his power. So when we worship and we're in that place, then he partners 
with either the written word, the spoken word of the Bible, or the words of our worship, and he occupies, the word of God says he inhabits, he occupies that place of faith. Very crude illustration, but what does it say in that envelope? Was there $20 in that envelope? Wait a second. So in the envelope that Kaylee just opened was a, was a type that says, Jonathan has $20 for you. Now watch this. I sent my word. And Kaylee saw what my word said. Then I asked her what it said. She spoke it back to me. And now watch the quandary right here. If I don't produce what that says, I'm a jerk. You agree? But guess what? I'm prepared to produce it. So you can run up here if you want. Now, I know that that's a crude illustration, but think about like this, that I sent my word. She spoke what I sent. I partnered with what was said. And then I was obligated by my nature to produce what I said. Now think of it like this. Listen, because everything with fear is tied to lack. God is not lacking anything. So when he says, you're pure, you're holy, you're justified, you're righteous, you're loved in my sight, he is not on a limited basis with any of it. He lives in abundance of it. Let's finish this up. What occupies, or this is an interesting thought, if if he inhabits my praise, if he occupies where my faith is, what occupies when I complain? (laughs) You don't need to answer that. (laughs) Here's the cool thing, because we've always said this, I'm a prisoner of my own words. Now here's the thought, is that we clearly can see that everything that I've said wrong, that I'm a prisoner of everything I've said wrong, but what happens if I start lining up my words with what he says? Then I'm a prisoner of those words as well. Prisoner of hope. Just like God is bound to his word, just like I was bound to my word to Kaylee, yet they always produce life. His words always produce life. I'm living in the reality of what I've been saying. Full circle. When my thoughts are based in fear, I have a choice to make. And that choice is I will continue with thoughts of fear or I will change my thoughts to thoughts of of love, based in love. And when I do, he partners with me. And oh, the resources he had. $20 does not compare at all. Let me pray for you. Father, I just believe right now that your word is producing life in us. That That you inhabit, somehow God, you inhabit the praises of your people. And so I ask you, God, just to give us that that revelation that when we exalt you, when we lift you high, you come near. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.